Welcome to Beltway Talk, the podcast of the American International Automobile Dealers Association, where we examine the intersection between politics and the automobile retail industry. I'm your host, Hannah Oliver. Today's episode of Beltway Talk is brought to you by AIADA affinity partner, Cox Automotive, transforming the way the world buys, sells, owns, and uses cars. Find out more at AIADA.org. Automakers just wrapped up the October sales month, which means it's time for our monthly check-in with Cox Automotive's Charlie Chesbro. Charlie is the Senior Economist and Senior Director of Industry Insight at Cox Automotive, and he's joining us today to give us an overview of the October auto market and the trends he and his team are seeing as automakers report the month's sales. Thanks again for joining us, Charlie. Yeah, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Cool. Um, I am just going to go ahead and let you take it from here and talk a little bit about October auto sales and some of the trends that you and your team are seeing over there at Cox. Yeah, well, so far, uh, we only have some of the OEMs reporting. A lot of the manufacturers aren't reporting monthly sales anymore, like uh, Ford, GM, uh, Fiat Chrysler. Uh, so it's a little bit difficult to, to watch the market, or, or certainly a little bit more difficult than it used to be. But we are, are hearing quite a bit from a number of the Japanese manufacturers, as well as uh, Hyundai Kia. Uh, and so we are getting a little bit of a taste of how numbers are coming in this month. And thus far... Uh, it's looking like October sales are going to be up just a little bit uh, over where we were last year. And that's pretty much where expectations were at coming into the month. Okay. Uh, most most analysts were thinking the market was going to come in uh, in somewhere in the high 16, low 17 million range. And with the market essentially being up just a little bit at this point, it, it suggests that that's just right about where we're going to finish for the month. Okay. Thanks for that um, wrap up of the month. Um I know September was a short sales month and October, I believe, had more sales days. Am I correct about that? Yeah, so we had an extra sales day in the month. And in general, you would think that for a flat market, that would add probably three or four percent to your total sales volume Mm -hmm. if you were doing a comparison uh, because you've got extra time to sell product. So in a sense, the fact that it looks like uh, October numbers aren't going to come in uh, at that high level, because we do have that extra day, it would suggest that the pace is a little bit slower than, than maybe what we uh, had been running before. Uh, but it's a little hard to gauge right now. But certainly uh, one of the big moving parts that we saw this month was incentives really uh, got quite aggressive for the month. Mm-hmm. Uh, our own estimates are that uh, we're seeing incentives, you know, in the neighborhood of 10, 12, uh, 10 to 11 percent uh, of MSRP. Uh, you know, that's a pretty big discount on these vehicles. And, and we're really entering into that time of year where uh, the dealers themselves are trying to move the older inventory off the lots, the old model year. Uh, and, they're, and they're trying to get the, make room for the newer products that are coming. Uh, and so we see a lot of incentives as they try to do that during this model, model year rollover period. Uh, and certainly that's something, something we saw in, in the numbers that we see out there for the month. Okay. And actually, one of the things I was planning to ask you about was that I, I saw a number out there when I was just looking at news coverage of the monthly sales um, saying that the average transaction price is expected to top 34000 for the first time ever. And then it's up um, about $1,300 from a year ago. And that was a Bloomberg article. Um, do you think that these rising transaction prices are um, part of the reason automakers are using incentives so much? Uh, I certainly do. Uh, you know, the, the prices are getting very uh, getting very high, so the discounts are going to have to rise as well. 
but at the end of the day, I think the margins still remain quite strong uh, for these manufacturers. And really, you know, the folks are, are making the shift from passenger vehicles to crossover vehicles. We've seen this for a number of years, but that crossover vehicle is a more expensive vehicle. And so uh, at the end of the day, the revenues are, are, are continuing to rise for the industry. Uh, even though you know, we're seeing this big change in, in vehicle preference underneath. But these high transaction prices are, I, you know, I think it makes for a very strong market today, but it does suggest that the industry is particularly vulnerable if we do see some kind of an economic slowdown. Uh, people are buying very, very expensive products right now. Uh, we don't even have much of a, a market for, for, for products that are priced under $30,000 mm-hmm. anymore. Uh, you know, if we see uh, a, an economic slowdown of some kind, uh, we could be vulnerable that there's just not product there for the type of, of what people can afford in a recession. Uh, and so we might see a big uh, dive in, in the number of vehicles sold. We're not expecting that. We're not forecasting that on, even in our own outlook, mm-hmm. uh, but it's certainly in the realm of possibility. Okay. Um, and I know that not all automakers are reporting monthly sales figures anymore, um, that they've moved to quarterly sales, but are there any automakers numbers that you can share with us right now that you've seen? Well, yes. Uh, so, as I mentioned, uh, we do have uh, some numbers coming in from some of the uh, the Asian manufacturers, uh, but it's really a mixed bag. Uh, we're seeing that Nissan is down quite a bit. They're mm-hmm. running down about 6%. Uh, Toyota is actually looking to be up about 2% uh, year over year, uh, or excuse me, down 2% uh, year over year. But Honda is actually having a very big month. Uh, they appear to be up about 8%, uh, as well as Hyundai uh, appears to have a very strong month, up about 8% as well. Uh, so it's really kind of a mixed bag for the large volume manufacturers out there. So I don't know that there's any trend to gauge of it just yet. Yeah. Uh, but certainly one of the overall concerns that we have for the market here in the fourth quarter is whether the level of fleet activity uh, can be maintained. We've, we've seen very, very strong fleet volume uh, since the start of the year. And we are just kind of keeping an eye on it that, you know, was that uh, uh, uh unique volume uh, or is that pull ahead behavior as mm-hmm. maybe some orders were pulled ahead uh, earlier in the year instead of later in the year. Uh, that's just something to keep an eye on because that would certainly take the volume down quite a bit. The retail side of the industry, uh, what consumers are buying continues to be weak. Uh, that's down on a year over year basis, uh, down a little bit more for folks that are purchasing even as opposed to leasing but either side, it's, it's both down. Uh, and it really goes back to this affordability issue. These vehicles are very, very expensive. Those monthly payments are getting out of reach for many, many consumers. Uh, and the number of folks out there who haven't already gotten a new vehicle over the last few years is smaller and smaller. Uh, so uh, it's just getting to be a more challenging uh, market out there. But the buying conditions remain very, very favorable. You know, it's a very strong economy. Interest rates still remain quite low, even on a historical uh, basis. Uh, and the products have never been mm-hmm. better. So there's a lot of moving pieces. But at the end yeah. of the day, there's still a lot of good reasons out there to buy a vehicle. And there's little reason to expect that this vehicle market's going to going to collapse anytime soon, barring any sort of substantial uh, economic event causing that. And for in terms of the luxury automakers, did you have you noted anything any trends in that particular segment? Uh, well, again, it's a mixed bag. Uh, you know, Acura, Acura was up about two percent, mm-hmm. uh, but we saw Jaguar numbers came in down. I think about eight mm-hmm. percent. Uh, we haven't heard from Mercedes yet uh, or Daimler, uh, so we don't have the big guys in just yet. But uh, 
the expectation would be that that the outfoot, outlook for luxury is still going to be under quite a bit of threat. Uh, you know, as we as I said, we're seeing the expectations of an economic slowdown of some kind are coming, and and uh, there's a lot of competing product out there for these uh, new manufacturers. Excuse me, these new luxury manufacturers. Uh, in that their own product is off lease and it's providing very competitive product uh, to their new counterparts. Uh, and so as consumers are going to be more focused on value and a little bit of a tighter market, we could see the luxury segment uh, under quite a bit of threat. Okay. Uh, but that being said, again, we don't see those in the numbers just yet, uh, but certainly it's one of the risks, the risks out there. Uh, and, and I would say just for your, for your listeners, probably the biggest risk that we're all waiting for in the next couple weeks is what the president's going to be deciding on tariffs on European vehicles. Uh, I'm sure you were probably going to get to that, but uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, we're, we're, I think on November 18th is the date that he was going to make his announcement. Uh, we're uncertain. I don't think anybody has any ideas to which way he's leaning. Yeah. Uh, I guess we could all kind of uh, hope for the best, but plan for the worst. Uh, but uh, at this point, uh, the expectations are that if you went forward, we'd be looking at a massive impact on vehicle price, somewhere in the neighborhood mm-hmm. of two to four thousand uh, dollars. We probably would see some sort of a rush to market uh, as consumers were trying to buy products that were already here and not subject to the to the levy. Uh, but yeah, again, that's just something we'll we'll have to wait and see whether we need need to worry about that. We'll be keeping an eye on that. That is for sure. Um. Are there any other factors that you see influencing the market as we head towards the end of, of the year? Well, I think one of the biggest ones is really just sort of consumer confidence. Uh, consumer confidence has been very, very strong in the last couple of years. However, over the last couple of months, we've seen some downticks in those data points. And the question is, is are consumers getting concerned about the economic outlook? Uh, do they are they sort of like Wall Street analysts themselves and that they don't really know what's going on, but they have heard about the inverted yield curve? Yeah, they do know that the president's tariff policy is causing disruptions in the in the global economy. You know, do they have concerns about uh, where the economy is headed? Uh, because if their confidence wanes, they're much less likely to want to take on a long term loan and an expensive mm-hmm. loan, uh, you know, in the thousands of dollars like a vehicle loan. And so we know that consumer confidence is a very important ingredient for a robust market. And so that's one measure uh, to watch that we have seen a couple of negative uh, data points. But again, no collapse. We don't see any large decline. Uh, but the question is just how long do consumers hang in there uh, or are there, do they have start to get greater reason to, to pull back from the market? Okay. Do you think the FCA merger is going to influence the market at all here in the coming weeks? Do you see that having any impact? I really don't. Certainly not uh, over the next couple of weeks. You know, that's more of a longer term play, I think, for uh, uh, for FCA strategy. Uh, you know, of the larger brands, they probably had uh, the weakest sort of alternative propulsion portfolio out there. Uh, uh, but this merger would give them access to all kinds of new powertrains and potentially new products uh, that they could be bringing to the U.S. market. So uh, I think it would allow them to make up a lot of ground in terms of uh, you know, future technologies and uh, electric vehicles and uh, hybrids and all those kinds of, of things, which they really haven't specialized in beforehand. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's a longer term play. That's not anything that's really going to have much of an impact over the short term. Okay, good to know. Well, um, I think that covers everything from here. Do you have anything you want to add that we didn't get to? 
I don't know. Just that uh, October's looking like a good month, and uh, we just got to see where we're going to finish here in the for the remainder of the year. But at this point, uh, we're still looking at a very strong 17 million market for for 2019. Okay. Well, thanks for your time today, Charlie. We really appreciate you joining us again on Beltway Talk. Okay. Thank you. To you listeners, thanks for joining us for this episode of Beltway Talk, featuring Charlie Chesbro and his rundown of October auto sales figures. If there are any questions you'd like Charlie to answer about auto sales and the market in upcoming episodes, please feel free to let us know. I can be reached at oliverh at aiada.org. Join us again next time for Beltway Talk.